Hello, and welcome to Defining Culture. I'm Hunter Smith, and on this show, I talk to the funniest and most interesting people I know about the one piece of pop culture that really makes them tick. Hey, before we get into this week's episode, I've got a favour to ask. If you've been enjoying the show so far, could you please jump on Instagram and share one of my episode posts with your followers? I've had some good success with spreading the word that way, and I love your support. All right, on to the good stuff. This week, I'm joined by the great Georgie Purcell. Georgie is a real firecracker. She's an animal rights campaigner and a politician, currently serving as an animal justice MP in the Victorian Parliament. She's actually been all over the news in the last couple of weeks after trying to ban duck hunting in Victoria and along the way finding herself at the centre of a huge Photoshop AI scandal, courtesy of Channel 9 giving her a non-consensual midriff and a boob job. But outside of her work, Georgie is a great friend and she's great fun and I was thrilled to bits to have her join me to chat about a film that may have truly changed the direction of her life. All right, that's enough from me or that's enough from just me. I hope you enjoy it. Georgie Purcell, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me on. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm great. We're recording under unusual circumstances today because we are about to have a party. Correct, yeah. So we're squeezing this in right before the yeah. party. So <laughs> yeah. I say that as a caveat in case uh, people start arriving while we're still talking. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I asked you to come to this podcast a couple of weeks ago and you very kindly said yes. And then immediately after that, you had uh, what, an enormous week. Yeah, my life week? went to shit. Yeah. Tell us what happened. So, uh, I was waiting for the government to make a decision on duck shooting. We had the government parliamentary inquiry. I was on it. I'm an Animal Justice Party MP, so it's one of my biggest priorities. Worked really hard on the inquiry. And then on the Monday, the government turned around and said, none, nah, we're not going to do it. But then from there, there was just this snowball effect of things happening, including me start. getting photoshopped. So, <laughs> did you, forgive my ignorance on the topic, but were you led to believe that it was going to happen? They were going to ban duck hunting in Victoria? Yeah, I mean, look, it's pretty rare for the government to have their own inquiry mm. and then have it say something and ignore it. And it said ban it? Yes, mm. it was the first thing it said was ban it and it was chaired by a Labor MP as well. So it was quite shocking and confronting. Um, I didn't expect to be going into this year still talking about it and no I think way. I will be for some time now. Yeah, right. Mm. Um, and then you alluded to it there and then what happened, that was a big news story, particularly in Victoria. So then Channel 9 took a photo of you and... Uh, a photo- Gave you a boob job. Yeah. <laughs> Photoshopped on what? Bigger boobs and a, and a, and a midriff? Is yeah, that what that's right. They turned my dress into a, po- a two-piece and then gave me bigger boobs. And I actually noticed Amazing. it because I had a bare stomach and my stomach's very tattooed. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. And I was like, my stomach's bare there. So I went back and pulled up the original and I was swiping back and forth on my camera roll and I was like, they've completely changed my whole body. Oh, so that was <laughs> what I wanted to know. I Who spotted it? But it was you. Me. It was Me. You. Yeah, I was watching the wrap-up of the day, like sitting on my couch, just like cactus because it was. I've never done so many interviews in one day. And yeah. I was watching the wrap-up and then I never expected what would come after that because then I put it out to the universe and I ended up doing this like weird international media tour as a Ooh. result of it because they blamed AI and yeah. obviously everyone's talking about AI at the moment and the risks it pose. Yeah, it's a re- it was a real um, car crash of hot topics. Yeah, correct. But it was like, it was obviously awful and horrific uh, and quite misogynistic, but... I was featuring in articles with Taylor Swift, which was very exciting to me because it was a few days after she got AI. Oh, really? So we're being referenced together. What did you think? Because my mind didn't go to AI initially because we're not really across it. Yeah, my mind did not go to AI. But what they've told me is 
that they found a cropped version of that photo where you couldn't see my full outfit and then they needed to expand it to fit into the graphic which was behind the news presenter mm-hmm. uh, was me next to the premier and like some ducks flying around <laughs> and um, they said they had to stretch it out and used like I don't understand this, not an mm. expert. Mm. Reed's probably listening like, these yeah. guys are wrong. <laughs> uh, but autofill on Photoshop. Yeah. Um, and it gave me a two-piece instead. But again, I'm not an expert, but how does that make my boobs bigger? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and how does the person, you would think, how? I mean, obviously it happened, but how did the person not notice that the outfit had well, been changed? this was my argument all along, is that I think it says something about unconscious biases that I came out in a crop top and they thought it was acceptable to put to air when if Jacinta Allen, who was next to me, came out in a crop top, they definitely would have noticed. Yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah, there's a lot of people where they were like, something's gone wrong here. Yeah, but with you, they just green lit it <laughs> yeah, right yeah, through. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for coming and, and, and doing this after your big uh, week or two. I, I do appreciate it. No, thank you. Um, why don't you tell us what you brought for us today? My defining culture is Legally Blonde. Wish me luck, Bruiser. This is my first class as a serious law student. Legally Blonde is the romantic comedy that introduced the world to Elle Woods, the sorority girl on a mission to defy stereotypes and conquer Harvard Law School. No, silly. I go here. You, you go where? Harvard. Law school. You got into Harvard Law? What, like it's hard? It hit cinemas in 2001 and starred Reese Witherspoon as Elle, as well as Luke Wilson, Selma Blair, and the queen of character comedy, Jennifer Coolidge. Bend and snap. Okay. Um, yeah. A little less bend, a little more snap. Like this? Good snap! The film struck a chord with an entire generation, spawning a musical adaptation, inspiring thousands of law school applicants and millions of Chihuahua adoptions. In the matter of the state versus Brooke Wyndham, this case is dismissed. Mrs. Wyndham, you're free to go. I think that's a cracking choice. Well done there. Thank Commendable. You. I suppose the uh, the pink elephant in the room is that um, <laughs> you do seem to live quite a legally blonde lifestyle. Yeah, that's right. I think that, uh, well, the reason that it was defining for me was that my entire life I think I've lived this idea of you can only be one thing, you mm-hmm. know, you can't care about how you look and be smart or you can't be uh, into fashion and beauty and also want to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And Legally Blonde came out when I was quite young and I wanted to be a lawyer from when I was quite young and, and I was, like, I got admitted as a lawyer before I became mm-hmm. a politician and I was really watching that movie that made me realise I can be multifaceted and that's what I like to think I bring to politics now as well. Fantastic. And so how old... How old were you roughly when you saw I was thinking like late primary school would yeah, you Yeah, late primary school I would have been. There's also Legally Blonde 2 mm-hmm. where uh, Al Woods bans animal testing, which again ah, really, yeah. That really yeah. spoke to you. So, oh, my God, I feel like your, your whole life was defined across yes, those two. <laughs> so Bruiser, the Chihuahua's mum, is in a laboratory getting tested on. Oh, wow. And she goes to court and gets animal testing banned and frees Bruiser's mum. Fantastic. <laughs> and so were you already I'm, I'm obviously I'm not really pinning your life on legally blonde two of all things, but were you um were you an animal rights advocate as a kid? Like yeah. Did, did, yeah. From when I was really little, so I went vegetarian when I was four and I was so passionate about it and I sort of never really lost it. Mm. And one of the issues that I was really passionate about was animal testing. Uh, I think it often is for animal rights people. Yeah, it's like yeah. you learn about animal testing, you go cruelty free in your products. Like a lot of people do that that aren't 
vegetarian or vegan. Like, yeah. it's pretty sort of universally yeah, supported. Yeah, with kids as well. Yeah. Animal testing is a popular thing. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I really felt seen in our woods. Yeah, right. From a young age. Yeah. And um, you mentioned the sequel there. I, w- I didn't know that there's a range of sequels. Yeah. Usually with these sort of movies, there's a range of unremarkable sequels of, of um, degrading quality. Is that the case with Legally Blonde? Look, I actually had this conversation with my staff the other day um, when I told them I was doing this. I said, I'm doing Legally Blonde. And they said, which one? And I said, well, obviously the first one is the most iconic one, mm. uh, most well-known one with the strongest, I guess, feminist message, mm. which I love. But for animal people... Legally Blonde 2, it's still good, and I feel like it's much more relevant yeah, to yeah, us. It's got, yeah. it's got all oh, the so it's things. it's not terrible. No, it's not terrible Is at it all. Race? Yeah. It's race. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Because, you know, sometimes they do it even with different people. Yeah, like, yeah. I no, love, that's um, when it really goes downhill. There's also a musical, which I haven't seen, yes. but I'd love to. I don't think it's come here. I'm not sure. Mm. I'm not sure. Um, I really love Romeo and Michelle yeah. High School Reunion, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that has two or three sequels or and prequels <laughs> with just completely different people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned there that it has quite a feminist bent, uh, which is obvious when you watch it. But I read that that wasn't always the case, and that initially the script they called it um, a wet t-shirt comedy. Yeah. And I took that to mean it was like American Pie yeah. for women and that Elle Woods in, was in the original version ended up um, shacking up with one of her professors. Yeah, right. God, um, that's something that would really get cancelled now, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And isn't it uh, – it's amazing that a film can go from that concept and then end up as this sort of surprise feminist masterpiece. And I, I reckon one of the clever things about it is that they have us rooting for Elle mm. even though she's – Gorgeous, hot, popular, and rich. Yeah. What 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 is it about the character that they? What did they nail right for you? Well, I think one of the biggest things for me that uh, is part of her evolution that a lot of women can relate to is that we will so often make our life choices and decisions based around men, which mm-hmm. is why she wants to go to Harvard, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, she does that to you know try and get her ex boyfriend back, and then she realizes as she goes through this process, she grows and you know becomes more confident and believes in herself. She realizes she doesn't need him, she doesn't mm. need any man, and mm. then he wants her back, and she's like, you know, no fuck off, I'm off doing this thing with my life. Mm. And I feel like when you're young. Um, and impressionable, that is, like, so often the choices that we make, right? Mm. Um, and even though she is all of those things, she's very clearly, you know, self-doubting, insecure, um, doesn't have much confidence in herself, which I think is very relatable, right? Like, people look at me yeah. as a politician yeah. and I'm out there, I'm speaking publicly, mm. I'm, you know, going a bit feral on Instagram <laughs> on my stories. But people who know me in real life know that I actually have, like, chronic imposter syndrome mm. and quite debilita- debilitating anxiety. And so often the versions of ourselves that are seen publicly are not our inner selves, and yeah. I really think Elle's that. Yeah, you're right. They do they do find a way to show her vulnerability, which is, yeah. the, is the key to it, I think, isn't mm. it? So when, when Elle heads off to Harvard Law School, you know, everybody thinks she is um, a ditz, for want of a better word. You mentioned you went to law school. Did you like it? No. I had a terrible time at law school. Yeah. Um, I, in fact, I spent like a year and a half on campus and then went off campus. Like, mm. I think this is only starting to change. And it's it's actually very prominent in Legally Blonde as well. It's a boys club. And, yeah, right. you know, women aren't uh, so much embraced or accepted. That's like, I was at law school 10 years ago now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, it's definitely changing a lot. Did you like, so what was the problem, the, the, the school and the people, or did you not enjoy it, the work? I didn't mind the work. I certainly probably realised I didn't exactly want to be a practising lawyer yeah, through that yeah, time. Yeah. Well, you're a lawyer as well, Yeah, I did exactly the same thing, yeah. But I, I was like... 
Um, but I just I've, shouldn't have been there full stop. For me, I don't know if I should say this, but it was often the people. Yeah, like a bit yeah. wanky. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, hopefully someone's listening. Like I, I reckon like half the people I went to uni with are off like their bankers and stuff. Now, oh, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. And that's the real boys club part yeah, there, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the casting of the movie. Mm-hmm. Of course, it iconically stars Reese Witherspoon. Yep. In, I reckon her sort of, like she'd been working forever. Yeah. But that was a real, a real career-defining Oh, I think turn. it was her defining moment too. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. Um, were you already a fan of her? Are you, do you continue to be a fan of her? Yeah, look, I am a fan of her. Like I wouldn't say I'm a fan girl, like mm. follow her life. I am a huge fan of Jennifer Coolidge though, who is oh, in it. Yes. She's a nail tech in it yes. with a bend and snap. Yes, yeah, yeah, fantastic. She's having a real moment right now, but she's been kicking around in those character roles for years. Honestly, I'm, re- I'm loving the resurgence of Jennifer Coolidge mm. in these – Roles. I feel like for a long time she sort of wasn't taken seriously. Like she was Stifler's mum and then she's a nail tech and legally blonde. And now she's playing these brilliant roles like <laughs> later on in her career where she's very multifaceted as well. Mm. And it's been amazing to watch that. Yeah, mm. I heard her talking about being um, Stifler's mum who, if you're, you know, not our age, was a character in American Pie <laughs> and she played her traditional sort of sexy mum character. <laughs> Anyway, that was, you know, 25 years ago and she gets Stiffer's mum yelled at her constantly still and uh, the journalist was asking, you must really hate that. And she was like, listen, it's, it's uh, you know, it is what it is. But also, American Pie, also there's a million sequels. She goes, I've been a jobbing actor for a long time. Like, those movies paid my bills over 15 yeah. years. She well, goes, so, you, you take what you can get. <laughs> it's so funny you say that about Stiffer's mum because... Jennifer Coolidge, actually, one of my proudest moments in my career, followed me on Instagram. Oh, she's really? Big into animal, she? Yeah, she's big into animal rights stuff. And I went and told a bunch of people, I said, Jennifer Coolidge followed me on Instagram. And they were like, who? And I was like, you know, White, White Lotus. And then they were like, what? And I was like, you know, these gays are trying to kill me. And they were like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I was like, Stifler's mum. And they were like, oh, my God, Stifler's oh, really? mum. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, there you go. Still. I, yeah, still. I feel like it's such a thing among our generation. I reckon yeah. the younger generations wouldn't even know her as Stifler's mum. They know her as, like, White Lotus yeah, and, absolutely. you know, all her other roles. Um, but for us, millennials, yeah. she's Stifler's mum. Yeah, I was going to say, who are these people who don't know Jennifer Coolidge? <laughs> this is a sidebar, but do you know who Laura Dern is? No. Well, the story's not going to hit then. Um, Laura- Explain it to me. Like, I'm not good with names. She's just a... She's a um- a Hollywood actress that gays love. She is in Big Little Lies. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and she's the woman from Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, yeah. of course, yeah. Anyway, I was doing it. Um, I was just one of those people then, by yeah, the way. That we were yeah, just well, well, talking well, about it's the whole story yeah. about someone like you now. So, um, I was doing a gig this week, and I was trying a little bit of crowd work, you know, because that's what people like these days. And um, I, I spoke. There's this woman, and I said, "What's your name?" And she said her name was Laura. I think it was Lara Dana. But it was all one word, yeah. Lara Dana. I was like, Lara Dana? Like Laura Dern. She's like, what? I said, your name. It sounds like Laura Dern. She's like, who's that? I was like, who's that? And I explained it to her, like usual. She was like, oh, yeah, vaguely. But I was like, it's not really that you don't know her. It's that you're, she was like 40. I'm like, you've got to this age and no one has ever said to you, yeah. your name is Laura Dern? <laughs> Lucky woman. Yeah, well, she's like... She's like me in that scenario, right? Yeah. Like I would have been the same person in yeah, that crowd. You would have been, yeah, you'd be walking around with a Hollywood name and you'd never know. <laughs> have you um, DM'd Coolidge? Look, I haven't, but shamefully, I did try and get her attention because she's followed me but hasn't engaged. Yeah. And um, I went out to a wildlife sanctuary and there was a little baby possum there that didn't have a name and they said I could name the possum. So I named the possum Jennifer. Oh, great. Oh, no, sorry, this is, this is really embarrassing. Oh. I can't believe I'm sharing this. <laughs> 
because this was all part of my ruse to get Jennifer to notice me further than she already has. And uh, I named the possum Jennifer and then I spoke in Parliament about the issue of what happened to this possum. So she was poisoned through her mum's milk because her mum ingested this poison that we're trying to control the sale of, Mm -hmm. right? That's a short and fast version. So I spoke about it in Parliament. The poison's called Escars. I did this whole speech and then I said, I think if Jennifer the possum could speak, she'd say these Escars are trying to kill me. Clever. And I put it on Instagram. We tagged her. She didn't comment or anything. Nothing. She didn't like Nothing. it. No, like every now and then she'll randomly like one of my posts. So Great. maybe, I don't know, she's just like not good on the gram. Did or- everyone else get it? Like, but other people like kicking off over it? Um, Michael Galea and Ave Pulele got it, who mm. are the two gay men in the upper oh, house. So, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, they both you know laughed. Your <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what's Jennifer's, what's her sort of corner of animal rights? What does she, what does she do? So she's vegan. Oh. Uh, she often posts about on, during the Super Bowl actually, which is oh, relevant really? that how she gets a vegan hot dog and you can't tell the difference. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but her big issue at the moment is banning the uh, horse-drawn carriages in New York. Oh, which is, is too, yeah, yeah. Like, she's always posting about it. But also, she's, like, one of those people that definitely engages with her fans. So maybe she just, like, doesn't like me or something or oh, right. thinks I'm too desperate. She thinks um, she's made a choice. Because someone I know, she follows someone else I know who went live on Instagram. And you know how you can join someone's mm. live? In fact, like, I've done it before, like, out drunk you'll jump on someone's live yeah Yeah. um and my friend was going live on instagram and jennifer coolidge joined it (laughs) you wouldn't know it i would pass out yeah i would pass out (laughs) she's probably just drunk at a bar somewhere jennifer (laughs) making someone's absolute year and having no idea (laughs) um back to the casting would you believe that uh there was lots of people up for the role uh, that Reese eventually got, and lots yeah. of them were pretty um, predictable, like Jennifer Love Hewitt, mm. Catherine Heigl, mm. but one of them, Britney Spears. I did know that. Did you? I did know that, yeah. And obviously when you love a movie, you can't imagine anyone else no. playing the role. But I think I kind of love Britney Spears in that role. I don't mind it either. Yeah. She, have the same, she's got the same voice as Reese, like that southern accent. Yeah. Um, but I read, you know, Taste with a Grain of Salt, that they thought it was a great idea, but then at the same time she hosted SNL. And oh. then based on her SNL performance, they thought, nah, let's not no. do that. <laughs> thought, right. Little did she know she was auditioning and, and yeah. failing. Yeah. Honestly, I would have loved Britney Spears. Also, uh, in the movie... You, Elle's a natural blonde. Like, mm. that's one of her things. That's one of her... Like, I'm not a natural blonde. Mm. Um, and oh, you're not? Sorry, I thought no, you, brought, I you needed a better reaction. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is that obvious? Yeah. Um, but I think they're both natural blondes in real life as well. Brittany is, you mean? Mm. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, so there you go. She missed out. Yeah. Little does she know. Um, something that I found fascinating that I didn't know is that the film is directed by an Australian gay guy. Did you know? No. His name is Robert, I'm going to say, Lukatik. Uh, I think he's from Sydney. I reckon he was, by my investigationing, I reckon he was only 27-ish. Really? And all he had directed beforehand was a 10-minute short film um, about a woman called, I think it's Titsiakis Buberino <laughs> or something like that. It's on YouTube. I'll drop the links so everyone can watch it. It's quite enjoyable. Um, it stars friend of the pod, Roz Hammond, the delightful Roz Hammond too. So he made this 10-minute uh, short film and it was about a woman who worked in like a local supermarket with a very hairy lip. And it was such a hit on the festival circuit that they tapped him and said, do you want to... Do Legally Blonde. Legally Blonde, yeah. So he, he said... What's he doing now? Has he done he made it, some other movies like... Uh, Monster-in-Law with yeah, J-Lo. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Um, and 
oh, some other like more teenish movies. Uh, I w- he made maybe four or five movies that I'd heard of, but then it doesn't appear like he's done anything in about fifteen years. He's so. probably living off Legally Blonde still. Yeah, true, true. Although, although. I went to go watch Legally Blonde again in preparation for this, and it's been fucking taken off. Oh, has it? Every streaming service in Australia. Oh, that's a real shame. Yeah, I had to pay four dollars to watch it. Did you? Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a hit commercially. It was uh, it cost eighteen million dollars to make, and it raked in one hundred and forty million, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, but well, you know what's a real shame is that Legally Blonde is a great example of the sort of movies that we don't really make anymore. Yeah, that sort of mid-budget, mid-tier budget rom-com yeah. sort of thing. They're sort of streaming really killed them. Yeah, I I agree with that. But also, what's interesting when you do watch it is that so often I watch like '90s movies that I love. Like I especially love rom-coms. Mm-hmm. It's like my thing that I like to do to check out. And every single, like every year at Christmas, I watch Love Actually, mm. right? And I'm like, I don't know how much longer I can watch this for because it's so problematic. Oh, it's aged like milk, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Legally Blonde, I feel like, has aged pretty well. Like, there's a few few bits in it that you're like, mm, that'd mm. probably get cut now. Mm. But for the most part, it's aged really well. What sort of stuff? What's the sort of dodgy stuff? Like jokes and stuff? Uh, one of the girls, um, one of Elle's friends gives the professor a lap dance to pass her test. The that's a, <laughs> yeah, that's probably not happening Which is now. like, obviously, I'm a former stripper. It's fine to give someone a lap dance. It's more the power imbalance <laughs> yeah, yeah, of the yeah, situation. Yeah. You weren't doing it yeah. in, in your lectures. Correct, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how I got through law school, yeah, actually. Right. <laughs> yeah, I hated it at first, yeah. but I found a way through. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we talk about the styling, please? Yes. So, um, the costumes are quite legendary. Yeah. Do you have a favourite look of hers? Yeah. M- one of my favourite looks of hers, well, it's multiple looks, is she makes this uh, quite chaotic video to get into Harvard. Mm-hmm. And um, it's her, like, lying back on um, a pool floaty and she's in this, like, sequined bikini. And it's all the- it's her just saying why she needs to get into Harvard. That's where the iconic line um i feel comfortable using legal jargon in everyday life comes mm-hmm. from and then someone like cat calls her and she goes i object um <laughs> <laughs> that's a demonstration yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and but she's in all these incredible outfits but um so so that scene in general sequin bikinis like tight dresses um but also one of my other favorites is her just iconic pink pencil suit yeah yeah yeah. like you can't go past that yep. in fact i have a few outfits that i wear into parliament that i tried to, i actually tried to recreate the look of legally blonde the day i knew i was going to get elected at the oh, great. because every like people have said it to me my whole life like when i say i'm a lawyer or you know now that i'm a politician yeah. they're like oh you're just like our woods like yeah, i get it yeah, all yeah. the time so i wore this um uh bright um like pastel pinky colour, um, long sleeve that had this big faux fur neck on it. Stunning. That's another fun fact about Al Woods, animal rights activist. She actually made a uh, line of faux fur panties when she was majoring in fashion. Faux, faux fur, fur panties. panties. Yeah. I feel like you going faux fur on the, um, the first day of Parliament, was a bit, it was a choice? Yeah, it was a choice, yeah. And people actually asked me about it, um, which is why I like to do it right. So I can be like, it looks real, yeah, but it's actually yeah, not. Yeah. That's why you don't need to wear the real thing. Imagine but, if you made the ultimate own goal and accidentally wore real yeah, fur on day yeah. one. Oh, God, that would <laughs> be a real fucking, yeah, real fuck up. I'd have to resign. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I got my fresh scalp bleach. I wore this, you know, pink thing and... Um, 
and everyone was like to me, you look like our woods. And I was like, that's what I was going for. I love that. Mm. You actually beat me to it because when we were talking before, I was thinking you should do, like, remember when Margot Robbie was on the Barbie press tour and was wearing all those yes. Barbie outfits? I was going to say, you should do exactly that, but you're already doing it. Well, it's so funny you say that because a lot of the looks in Barbie and the Barbie resurgence that happened recently reminded me a lot of Legally Blonde mm. fashion and styling. Like, mm. very, very similar. Mm. Um. Maybe you could do like an election campaign based around it and you could call it legislatively blonde. That's a great idea. Thank you. A fun right? Yeah, yeah. So actually, it'd be good for just for your Instagram bio. I'll even take that. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll add it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, talk to me about uh, your relationship with the film now. So you mentioned that you then you just you just tried to get it up on streaming, but you couldn't find it. You had to pay. Um, how often do you go back to it? When do you go back to it? Yeah, look, I reckon I this is at least a once a year watch for me. Mm. One or like whether it's a first or second one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably watch it at least once a year. Um, and in fact, uh, one of the reasons that I was inspired to watch it recently was that I met a little chihuahua at an event, a little tan chihuahua. Cute. And um, I was holding the chihuahua and someone was like, oh, my God, you're like our woods. And I was like, I have to go watch the second one where Bruce's mum gets saved. But, yeah, at least yeah. like once a year, I reckon. Um, maybe less now that it's not on streaming. Like they, yeah. I, Googled, I was like, I Googled when did Legally Blonde get taken off Netflix and it was only a few months ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's a part, like we were talking about that those mid-budget films uh, disappearing. I heard Matt Damon talking the other day um, and it was actually really interesting because he produces a lot of films too. And so he was talking about the films of his in the past that you couldn't make anymore and Legally Blonde would definitely be in that category. And it's all about the DVDs. Yeah. So he said, you know, um, a movie would make, uh, I hope I'm getting this right, the movie would make X amount of million dollars and then nine months later on when the DVD came out, it would make 75% of that again. So he said it's essentially a doubling of the budget. And so um, without that... You can't make the money back yeah, anymore. Yeah. yeah. And then they, and now they do are doing rom coms yeah. all over streaming, but they're pretty God, it's sad, isn't they're it? They're pretty average quality, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, some stuff that goes straight to streaming. I haven't mm. minded. But like one of my favorite memories as a kid, in which I certainly got legally blonde regularly when I did this, was yeah. going to video easy or whatever the equivalent was. And getting five weeklies for $10. Oh, yeah, classic. Like, yeah, like that was – I miss doing that. And I feel like you were much more mindful about your content consumption because you really had to consider it. Exactly. Whereas exactly. now you're just lying in bed and you just, you know, flick on one thing after the other and, I you know, it's not spend, as considered. I used to spend like – 45 minutes walking around that video shop and did you find yeah. there was always like the, there was like the same ones you would just see the same videos over and over and over yeah. and i reckon even though i only had five i was picking repeats even then yeah well do you want to know i actually have a quite a funny this is off topic but mm. video story Please. video shop story i went with my dad as a kid and i said i want to watch pocahontas mm. and um i waited in the car this time because dad said i've just got to run in get pocahontas Come out. So Do you, dad, want to, you just slow him down. So dad, yeah, so dad went in to get Pocahontas, went inside, put me in front of the TV, put Pocahontas on, and went outside, was mowing the lawns. And I went outside after like 15 minutes and I was like, Dad, I don't think this is the right Pocahontas. And he came oh. in and it was one of those like porn remakes of a of a movie. Of Pocahontas. And, but because my dad, like the older man, went in and I the, the little girl wasn't with him. 
the creepy guy behind the counter <laughs> thought my dad wanted the porn video. So I sat watching porn for like 15 minutes oh as like a five-year-old God. child. Oh, yeah. I bet that was so racist, that porn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like there's so many problems oh with it. Oh my god! So can you remember what you thought when well, you watched it? I remember being like, my friends have watched this. This doesn't say like my friends oh, told you me to watch it. it. No, I hadn't seen it. <laughs> so I was sitting there watching it, being like, this can't be right. And then Dad came in, and it's like full like action on this because you know That's you know crazy. those movie yeah, remakes yeah, of porn yeah, yeah. where it's got like part of the storyline. So at first I was like. It was just You're a like little thinking, bit sexy storyline, but then when, yeah, and then when they started fucking, <laughs> I was like, I don't think this is a child's movie. fantastic. <laughs> Do you remember what your dad said? Oh, my dad literally threw me into the car and I've never seen him drive back somewhere so quick. Like, he, he went through that poor guy. Oh, it's like in a, oh, innocent mistake, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. God, I wonder what it was called. Maybe it was called Pocahontas. Yeah. <laughs> They always have those like, janky titles, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. they? <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. We spend a lot of time these days talking about how young people can access all the world's porn at the click of a button. But yeah. it turns out it wasn't safe back then yeah, either. Yeah, correct. Yeah. You could, Nowhere you could safe. Still hit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, video cult, video shop culture has really been lost to the ages, hasn't it? Yeah. Do you want to bet? Did yours have. Um, I was just, you know, down at the Civic Video in Berwick. And um, sorry, when I say just down there, I mean. 30 years ago. Um, and they had like the sexy section. Yeah, yeah, behind a curtain. Yeah, behind, yeah. like a beaded and curtain. And every now and then my oh. brother and I would be like, to go ahead yeah. behind the curtain to like, and see if people were in there. <laughs> I yeah. Loved, yeah, I love doing that. I actually, I live in Kyneton and we had a video easy. I've only been there seven years and we had a video easy. Did there you really? In the time that it's closed down now. Yeah. But like, I reckon it was one of the last video stores hanging on. Yeah. I actually went and because I've still got a DVD player. Yeah. I've got a um, DVD player to watch One Tree Hill. Um, oh, which- you got the box set. I've got the box set. Yeah, yeah. I've got the box set. Question. Not on any streaming services. <laughs> That's probably another one of my defining cultures yeah. but no one really knows one tree hill i reckon it's better than the oc like better than oh. dawson's creek yeah, one that's tree interesting because uh we've done the oc on the pod and like i I, I, remember, I remember we talked about the sort of similar versions but yeah no one's going in fact i forgot what it is what is it one, one tree, tree hill <laughs> that's how much it impacted me i forgot it during it's the conversation Chad Michael murray sophia bush like yeah, he was gorgeous wasn't he Chad yeah. Michael murray. they got briefly married did they yeah what's yeah. he up to these days do you know no, no idea, but no? I follow Sophia Bush on Instagram. She's still mm. doing things. Like, yeah. her career's, like, going well. One Tree Hill, even when it was on, no offence to you, um, <laughs> was it was B-grade for me even when it was on. Really? Like, it was it had, like, the Sunday 5pm slot, didn't it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, but I loved it so much. And so how often are you cracking out the One Tree Hill box set? Uh, probably once a year as well. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when oh, you're absolutely. feeling really good yeah. or really bad? No, that's, like, my, like, I need to zone out. Like, you know how once a year you'll get, like, sick or whatever? Mm. And your couch bound mm-hmm. that's my thing that i watch yeah. it's like i need to watch something that's safe and comfortable covid mm-hmm. lockdown watched it and then i read this thing i kept watching things that were familiar to me so i watched legally blonde in lockdown too and then i read this thing because i was like why i'm not watching anything new mm-hmm. and apparently in times of insecurity and instability we reach for things where we know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah, for a bit of comfort. And I found since I got elected, I'm doing a lot of re-watching and mm. it's because I'm, I'm like really psychoanalyzing myself here. Yeah, yeah. But it's I think it's because my life feels so unpredictable and so chaotic. Yeah. I have to watch things where I know what's going to happen and know that I'll love. 
Yeah, yeah. Because I don't want to be like disappointed or stressed while watching. So so that um, uh, White Lotus reference you made in Parliament, that'll be the last modern reference you'll make. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Getting annoyed because Jennifer Coolidge isn't recognizing your One Tree Hill references. Yeah, well. (laughs) (laughs) I reckon I actually only watched White Lotus after I. I'm pretty sure it was. I saw you post something about it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like I I was late to the bandwagon. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And I also love Sydney Sweeney. Oh, yeah, me yeah. too. She's God, great. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a bit worried that Sydney's saying yes to too many things. Yeah, but I, she's got to burn out. Yeah, yeah. no, and you've got to get the quality high. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting with comfort viewing because I find that um, it's almost – well, actually, it's an interesting parallel with the video shops. You go to the video shop, you walk around forever, you eventually choose something. Because you spent money on that one thing, it's more precious and you give it more of your love That's and exactly brain. exactly right. It's like it's much more mindful consumption. Exactly. Whereas now I'm guilty of it. I'll put something on – and stream it, and then I sit there on another screen yeah. scrolling reels or TikTok, yeah. and it's just like, I know. And no wonder how we can't concentrate our brains anymore. Are yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then Reed and I will look up from the television 15 minutes in and say, This isn't working for me. Yeah. And we'll turn it off, you <laughs> yeah. know. And then that has this sort of negative effect where, um, then that 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 behaviour that we just described will impact how they produce things. Yeah. They'll put something like crazy and wild yeah. in the first 15 minutes, yeah. but it might not necessarily be good storytelling. You I know? find to fully check in, I actually have to go to the movies. And I've gone to the movies very rarely in the past few years. I've, I think the last three movies I saw were Promising Young Woman. Oh, Great yeah, movie. Yeah. It's a while um, ago, though. Yeah, it was pre-lockdown, mm. I think. Last movie I saw before lockdown. But then I didn't go again until Barbie. Oh, wow. And then I saw The Mean Girls. Remake. Oh, how was that? I loved it. It was a good. It's a musical movie, yeah. which like isn't for everyone, but I love. And they were hiding. Mi- did you notice they were hiding that in the trailer? Yes. Yeah. And then people were like, "Oh my god, like this is musical." Yeah. Um, but um, so it's a movie of the Mean Girls because it's a Mean Girls Broadway musical yes. as well. Yes, it's sort of human um, centipede of Mean Girls. But I loved it because, um, and I actually wonder how this would go if, say, Legally Blonde was remade. They've done things to, I guess, um, fix things that would get criticised if uh, if Mean Girls came out the way that it did back then now. Sure, they've modernised the problematic parts. Yeah, yeah, modernised the problematic parts. So there's not, like, as much of a focus on, like, body image Mm -hmm. and, like, Regina George is obviously, like, the skinny, perfect mean girl. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot more, like, body diversity in it Mm -hmm. and, like, you can tell that they've really tried to... Yeah. You know, well, that uh, that actress Renee Rapp, uh, she oh, played. I'm obsessed with she's her. She's fantastic. She's like, have you seen her interviews? She's like, I was going to say, did you see her press tour? Where <laughs> yeah, she, she just like, went rogue, deeply yeah. un, uh, un. Well, I don't want to say unmedia trained, but certainly not media obedient, which no, is fantastic. To the, see. Um, when she criticised the bus company guy that was mean to her mum. Yes. <laughs> By name. Yeah. I didn't know that Legally Blonde was a book. Did you know that? No, yeah. I feel like I should know that. There you go. Go home and do some reading. Though you know sometimes. Most often, when a book tends to into a movie, people go around saying the book was better. And then sometimes, like Legally Blonde, you never even heard of the book. So maybe- I'm going to read the book. Oh, okay, and then I'll be like, back. what I'll say when people talk to me, I'll say the book was better. Yeah. Just just as a flex. Yeah, yeah. I'll pretend I read it ages ago. <laughs> That's a good flex. And I, you know what? I don't think anyone read it because the book and the film, they they appear to have come out like within 12 months of each other. Oh, right. So I think maybe the book was optioned straight away yeah. rather than being a hit. So, yeah. Yeah. I reckon you could probably say that for the rest of your life and nobody will ever say, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Too. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. Um, the other thing I think about um, Legally Blonde is, you know, those movies where there's like lines in them that people will say regularly, but some people don't even know where it's come from. 
I reckon Legally yes. Blonde's one of those it's movies. It's into the zeitgeist in a yeah, different way. Can like, you think of any? Uh, what, like it's hard? Yeah, great. When, yep. Yeah, um, I wouldn't have got that. When her ex walks up to her in the hallway and was like, you got into Harvard Law, and she's like, what? Like, it's hard. Actually, the day I graduated law school, that was my Instagram caption. Was it? <laughs> in my hat. <laughs> just said, what? Like, it's hard. Great, great, great. Um, but I feel like people say, I mean, maybe I just operate around a type, but... You operate squarely within the Legally Blonde universe. Yeah, yeah, no, correct. I've heard that before and I wouldn't know that was from the film. The only other one I could think of was um, Bend and Snap oh, as well. Oh, Bend and Snap. I think that's yeah, a classic Yeah, too. That's, a, um, that's actually when we were trying to find ways for Jennifer Coolidge to notice me, mm. we considered doing the Bend and Snap as an Instagram oh, yes, reel, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. That, was, that was too far for oh, me. Right. Yes, no way I was going to Bend and Snap without guaranteed payoff. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, if that just got left hanging, yeah. it'd be a heavy hanging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> quietly yeah, deleted. Yeah, correct. Yeah, dirty delete. <laughs> dirty delete. They are turning, or they have turned Legally Bonded to a musical, but you haven't seen that yet. No, well, it hasn't come to Australia as far as I know. Great. I definitely see it if it did. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I was going to ask if you're a musical person. Yes. You oh, are. God. I'm, yeah. A musical. I'm, I'm surprised a, to hear that. Yeah, it's a very shocking fact about me. Yeah. In fact, um, I'm a. This is such a runner thing to say. I'm a runner, and um, when I am training for a half marathon, like you've got to run for like two hours at a time. Oh. Something that I'll do is put on a musical soundtrack from start to finish. Really? So regular ones for me, not as like popular musicals, but that I love. Muriel's Wedding, the musical. Oh, yeah. Love That's that a classic soundtrack. That, yeah. And also... I love the song about Sydney. Same. So good. And there's a remix on the, on the track. Yeah, yeah. Who's there's remixing like a tech, it? There's like oh, a techno. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, it Sorry. wasn't in the music. Did you see the musical? Yeah, did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, it wasn't in the musical, but there's two versions of it on the... I thought you meant like a DJ had oh, remixed yeah. it. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, Cruel Intentions, the musical. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Cruel Intentions. I that was my favourite film for a long time oh, when I when I was a kid. Yeah. I actually was thinking of that before when we talked about terrible sequels because yeah. there's three, three or as, four of those. So I've got that box set. Here as me and my friends say, best sibling anal sex bed movie to ever exist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good call. Are you sure? <laughs> um, what I will say is I loved it, but Cruel Intentions is definitely a musical that does not pass the pub test these days. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And when the um, musical came out, it said like a modern take on the classic film. It was fucking word for word. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I was <laughs> No updating no, at all. No updating at all. No. <laughs> also starring Reese Witherspoon? Yes. Yeah, that's right. With all playing teenagers, yeah. all playing... Um, her character was super innocent, though, yeah, wasn't she? Yeah, so innocent. Yeah. And, like, Elle Woods is very innocent as well, for the most part. Yeah. You know, these days, Reese Witherspoon, you know, has a huge production company and, you know, makes a lot of films and movies uh, based around women from books. But even back then, when she was young, when she uh, presumably didn't have that much agency, she really found those the similar roles. Yeah, because she did. there's Elle Woods, of course. Then there was her film Election. Yeah. Which is probably before, if yeah. I was guessing. That was in the 90s, I think. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Cruel Intentions is not yeah. the same ilk, but she was probably playing the, the most intelligent yeah. girl in that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the innocent, like, smart, intelligent yeah. girl. Yeah. Unlike poor old um, Sarah Michelle Gellar, th- those characters, like, they did such a good job, but they're playing them like 45-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> she meant to be 17. I know, I know. <laughs> okay, well, maybe when Legally Bond the Musical, if and when it comes, we can go and see yeah, that. Yeah, and we can, we can do see a it recap. together, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, I reckon we'll leave it there. Georgie Pazell, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me on, Hunter. I loved right. it. I'll see you soon. Thanks, bye. bye.